Welcome to the Radical Outlook podcast series, Ideas That Will Blow Up Your Mind. I'm your host, Rahim Volkov. Please subscribe, like, share, and support our work on Anchor and WordPress. Thank you. some questions. Sure, I'd be happy to. Um, I'm working um, on uh, Russian TV mm-hmm. and a program dedicated to, uh, to the different geopolitical ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, the program is called Orientations, mm-hmm. Vehi in mm-hmm. Russian. Mm-hmm. And I would like to um, uh, ask you some questions concerning your concept mm-hmm. of that uh, made you famous mm-hmm. in all the world in Russia also concerning uh, the end of the history. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you still think that um, after the collapse of uh, Soviet Union uh, and uh, um, the uh, split of the Soviet Union created with free version uh, for non-commercial use Bipolar world. Mm-hmm. There is only one possibility for mm-hmm. the humanity to, mm-hmm. to create uh, you know, one world, mm-hmm. global world, mm-hmm. without any uh, ideological uh, poles and positions. Mm-hmm. Or you have revised uh, your position concerning the end of the history. Well, um, I always uh, stated it as a hypothesis and not as a proven proven fact. Um, because it seemed to me that, um, you know, for many uh, years prior to the collapse of communism, you know, many progressive intellectuals believed in the end of history, but they believed that it would end in communism, and that just obviously wasn't going to happen. And so, um, you know, my only observation was that if history was leading anywhere, it seemed to be leading towards, you know, what, what the Marxists used to call bourgeois uh, democracy uh, rather than communism. And I think created with free true. version uh, for non-commercial use. I believe that there is a broad modernization process and that it ultimately um, you know, produces uh, uh, economic development and then a political system that requires some form of political participation. Now, I think that what's happened since then is uh, it has been challenged by a number of things. And um, in fact, I, I, I just... Um, I'm going to have a new edition of that book come out next year, and I I wrote a preface where I talked about what I think are the major um, challenges. So one is obviously Islam. You have this radical form of Islam that is non-Western, non-rational. It's really not based on Enlightenment ideas at all. Uh, My own view is that in the end, uh, this is not going to be, you know, a serious challenge because I don't think... You know, they can create a successful society based on a Muslim theocracy, but obviously in terms of terrorism and, you know, kind of... Created with free version for non-commercial use. You know, it's, it's a real political problem. A more important challenge, I think, in the long run is technology, because I think that our civilization depends very much on technology, but it's not clear that we can control it. So you have, you know, nuclear weapons... Uh, you have, you know, now the threat of bioterrorism. You have uh, greenhouse, uh, you know, gases. Uh, you know, a lot of things that, that um, so far we've managed to stay on top of, but you know, may 
not be true. I have a particular concern about biotechnology because it seems to me that we have a, an opportunity for manipulating and controlling human behavior that simply didn't exist. You know, in, in the Soviet Union, there was an attempt to create a new Soviet man, but now we have real, you know, tools uh, uh, by which we can, you know, we can do this. Uh, so that's. Um, uh, so I think those are, you know, the main issues that I would point to as being you know, challenges. Created uh, with free version uh, for non-commercial uh, use. Of the post um, post Cold War era was um, remarked by mm -hmm. many uh, different analysts. Mm -hmm. um, uh, that is um, new manifestation mm -hmm. of civilizational differences. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So um, not being uh, absorbed mm -hmm. by uh, one world, yes. uh, global mm -hmm. global pattern mm -hmm. uh, pro, uh, proposed mm -hmm. by the West, the mm -hmm. global West, Different, uh, different uh, kinds, uh, different sections mm -hmm. of humanity mm -hmm. uh, have manifested their will mm -hmm. to restore their own civilizations yes. based on different, different uh, uh, set of values. Mm -hmm. Not only um, that is Islam, that mm -hmm. is too obvious mm -hmm. because it is proven fact. Sure. Their, their will to resist mm -hmm. this uh, imposition mm -hmm. of global pattern. But also now a system created with free version for non-commercial use. Uh, revival of orthodox mm -hmm. orthodox culture. Mm -hmm. uh, so in India, mm -hmm. uh, there are mm -hmm. some uh, some temptations yep. to, to regain their particularity. Mm -hmm. In China, mm -hmm. China it's not not only uh, the country, mm -hmm. it's civilization mm -hmm. by all mm -hmm. the measure. Also the same thing for for example for Turkey. Mm -hmm. I, uh, I, I Frequently, I uh, I visit this mm -hmm. country and mm -hmm. I see how uh, they, the question of their identity mm -hmm. uh, is arising. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. they want to know their their place. Yes. Mm -hmm. So uh, um, also, I would say the United States also is a very peculiar uh, society, and it has a lot of uh, cultural features that are not typical of Western Europe or other democracies also. For example, uh, many neoconservatives, conserva mm -hmm. as yourself, mm -hmm. um, uh, think Created with free version for non-commercial use. American and European mm -hmm. uh, system of mm -hmm. values. Mm -hmm. uh, for example, Kagan mm -hmm. has said yes. concerning Hobbes and right. Locke's yeah. vision mm -hmm. of uh, political culture. Mm -hmm. But uh, that uh, all of these phenomena mm -hmm go in certain sense against um, homogenization mm -hmm. uh, evoked by uh, you and yes. your group. How do you uh, evaluate this, um, this contradiction? Yeah, maybe? well, um, first of all, I never argued that there would be um, homogenization on this kind of cultural level. You know, what I said was that there would be a convergence in the basic um, institutions, uh, you know, that, that everybody would have to have a market-based economy with private property uh, and then some form of democracy, meaning, you know, some form of political participation with, you know, regular elections and this sort of thing. Created with free version uh, for non-commercial use. What talking about is actually compatible with that, uh, but I think it's, it's absolutely correct that everybody is not satisfied just with those institutions, that you want uh, identity and you want to preserve certain cultural traditions, values, language, you know, all sorts of habits. 
uh, and I've always felt that that's actually compatible with the end of history. The, the uh, you know, my vision of the end of history is not the global McDonald's or Kentucky Fried Chicken, you know, spreading all over the world, but really, and, and it's certainly not an Americanization of global culture, uh, but, you know, the basic institutions being similar but interpreted differently in Japan and China and Russia uh, and the United States, and I think clearly, you know, if you look at the United States and Europe, you know, we, we, you know Americans, for example, value freedom over equality. The Europeans uh, like a bigger welfare state and more social protection. Uh, and I think these are ultimately determined by history and by culture. Uh, and we're not Created with free version for non-commercial use. About those sorts of things. So I think that that's true. Now, the, the real question is, do some of these cultural values that survive, are they strong enough to... Um, stop the evolution of political and economic institutions and, and prevent that kind of convergence. Of, you know, and, and the Chinese, for example, have said that, or some Chinese have argued that there's something about Chinese Confucian culture that's authoritarian and hierarchical, and, and you know, there's a respect for authority in the state and so forth. Uh, and I think that's the real test, uh, because I would argue that even the Chinese, in the long run, you know, in order to manage a modern society, you're going to need some kind of political participation. Uh, but, you know, I, I admit that that's something we'll have to see whether, whether you know, they can come up with a different non-democratic you know, way of running a modern country. Uh, the, uh, the other questions uh, concerning the national state. Mm -hmm. the faith Created with free version for non-commercial use. Actual world. Mm -hmm. uh, after um, enthusiastic um, analysis mm -hmm. of the end of the Cold War. Mm -hmm. That was the idea that mm, that is the end of the national state mm -hmm. that is approaching. Mm -hmm. And that national state are uh, they have losing their mm -hmm. uh, reasons yeah. of existence mm -hmm. now. And you have argue, uh, mm -hmm. argued in your, uh, the other of uh, your book, uh, in the other book, that it is not so, mm -hmm. that national mm -hmm. state um, aren't going to, to disappear no. in, in the next future. Mm -hmm. So what is exactly your position now concerning? No, I think that the nation-state uh, remains because the nation-state um, does one thing that Max Weber, you know, Max Weber had a famous definition of the state. He said it's a monopoly of legitimate violence in a certain area. And I think that the reason that the nation-state is not... Created with free version for non-commercial use form of social organization that can legitimately employ violence the way the state can to enforce laws and to create, uh, you know, rules that, that, that people voluntarily uh, accept. Uh, and I think, you know, the, the defeat of the European Constitution in France and, and Holland earlier this year uh, is, um, I think, one illustration of the fact that people feel very uncomfortable giving too much authority to, you know, a supranational organization like the EU because they really feel that, you know, the, the real community is, is still the national community. Uh, you know, it's, it's really the Western Europeans that have tried to transcend this whole idea of the nation-state, and I think they're finding it very difficult to do. Uh, That's uh, gas against uh, this uh, second argument, mm -hmm. uh, gas against the end of the history, because mm -hmm. being, um, being um, nation-state mm -hmm. uh, and the whole acceptance of this term, mm -hmm. uh, Baudin, Jean Baudin, mm -hmm. or, Created uh, with free version for non-commercial use. Uh, they could uh, declare mm -hmm. um, the war 
they could and that isn't the end of the history because mm -hmm. the history was precisely mm -hmm. uh, the history of the conflicts and mm -hmm. the peace and the wars mm -hmm. between the great nations mm -hmm. between the national states. Yeah. So if um, uh, national states are going to disappear, mm -hmm. so the history is open, mm -hmm. so the history mm -hmm. is not closed. Mm -hmm. the history, the end of history. Well, no, but I think that. Uh, a world of, of states uh, remains, uh, it, it can remain pretty peaceful. I mean, there's been this general observation that that uh, liberal democracies really don't fight each other, and I think the record on that has been uh, relatively good. You know, the trouble is if you transcend the nation state and you create some kind of a larger global political organization, then you simply, you know, you eliminate the possibility of war, but you create a new possibility of tyranny, you know, within that that large organization and I think the reason we're never created with free version for non-commercial use the world is just too diverse uh, in terms of culture identity you know, uh, geography you know, ethnicity uh, to possibly uh, have a sense of community that's strong enough to you know to create such a monstrous you know political unit and if some globalists think that mm -hmm. the world government and the, the world state mm -hmm. is the precisely the goal mm -hmm. to which stands the to which uh, the civilization and westernization mm -hmm. after at the end of the cold war mm -hmm. is going mm -hmm. so so you your position is different no my position is different i think that uh, you know it, it's uh, not realistic to think that that kind of diversity uh, is ever going to be accommodated by a single political unit, and so I think that you know what's more uh, reasonable to hope for is a community of states that are largely democracies uh, that live you know relatively peacefully with one another. Uh, Created with free version for non-commercial use. Of a kind of a free world order that that you know we're not all part of a global single political unit, but we each have you know different ways of organizing our societies that corresponds with particular national, historical, you know, cultural traditions. Uh, and the last questions, if you <coughs> don't mind, concerning, concerning um, uh, Iraq mm -hmm. uh, war. Mm -hmm. uh, as long as we know in Russia, um, you disagree mm -hmm. up to the certain point mm -hmm. to the other neoconservative neo mm -hmm. uh, thinker mm -hmm. uh, in Washington. Mm -hmm. in America concerning um, democracy enforcing mm -hmm. uh, in Iraq. Mm -hmm. um, what are the reasons of your disagreement, or mm -hmm. is it real? Mm -hmm. No, no, I was opposed to the war from, uh, from before the war. Well, it was several things. Um, the, the two most important were, first, I think that the United States... Um, Created with free version for non-commercial use. Uh, ...doing you know, what's called nation-building. You know, we, we, it's true that we um, successfully uh, occupied Germany and Japan, you know, and, and, and turned them into democracies. But in Latin America, the Philippines, a lot of other places, we've had a much less good uh, record. And it seemed to me that we didn't really have the tools and the knowledge uh, and the wisdom, you know, to bring about this big political transformation of not just Iraq, but the whole Middle East. And so that it was really a kind of absurdly uh, ambitious to declare you know, that we were going to somehow democratize this entire area. I, mean, I, I think it's desirable, but I don't think that we really have the means of doing it. The other, other problem is just the way that the United States relates to the rest of the world, because I think that uh, the United States is so hegemonic in 
military, economic, cultural, political terms, that it just generates a tremendous amount of anti-Americanism. Created with free version for non-commercial use. The American government ought to do is think of ways of minimizing, you know, that hostility rather than, you know, adding to it uh, by, you know, basically standing up and saying, well, we're going to simply be the world's policemen and take care of all of these problems because I think people just, uh, you know, resent that. I, I think that there is a, a problem that, you know, with the my end of history argument that we haven't really talked about, which is, you know, if I if you say that you still have these nation states that are all democratic, they may be democratic within the nation state, but you still have this problem, which is really the one that you were alluding to of global democracy. Uh, how do you, you know, so if you say you're not going to have a global government, at least it seems to me you want some greater degree of accountability between states so that they simply can't do whatever they want without you know, having to give some account of themselves. And I think one of the structural problems in the world right now is that the United States can created with free version for non-commercial use, and they can't do anything in return. I think you know the Russians feel that uh, you know quite intensely. Anti-Americanism is so uh, integrated in the Russian society mm -hmm. that there is a debate of our identity mm -hmm. now of mm -hmm. Russian society mm -hmm. and Russian state mm -hmm. is orientated mm -hmm. against globalization. Mm -hmm. As I say, associated yep. with, with uh, Americanization, mm -hmm. so it, is, it has provoked yep. such a repulsion. No, that's right, and I think that uh, you know, unfortunately, uh, the Bush administration didn't understand that, and to this day, I think Americans still um, don't appreciate the degree to which the rest of the world, you know, wants to resist, uh, you know, this kind of Americanization, and so I just think that you know, we should not contribute unnecessarily to more anti-Americanism by doing things that, you know, uh, that are contemptuous of, you know, international public opinion that try to bypass international institutions. Created with free version for non-commercial use. Cooperative attitude towards the world. There is the, um, the, the contradiction because on one hand, mm -hmm. the United States are the state, the country, mm -hmm. national states, mm -hmm. and a particular state, particular national interests. Mm -hmm. And the other, uh, on the other hand, uh, that is the global pattern. Mm -hmm. America and Americanization, they are two different, different, mm -hmm. uh, different realities. Mm -hmm. So um, there is some contradiction arising, mm -hmm. as long as we, uh, as we see, between the national interests of the United States mm -hmm. as a national state mm -hmm. and uh, uh, global interests right. and. Um, uh, for example, the, the role or of the mission to mm -hmm. globalize and yeah. homogenize uh, humanity, mm -hmm. enforce democracy, yeah. in store uh, the pattern mm -hmm. uh, taken mm -hmm. from the United States, and mm -hmm. here mm -hmm. we see it works. Mm -hmm. Created but with free version for non-commercial use. And Germany also, but that is different, different right. situation mm -hmm. and historical situation right. after the yeah. uh, Second World uh, War, mm -hmm. but. In the third places, it doesn't work at all. Mm -hmm. So the idea is the American pattern real, universal, and global, or is partly uh, uh, partly uh, acceptable? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That, that is the problem, uh, as long mm -hmm. as we mm -hmm. see of American identification, mm -hmm. of American mm -hmm. mission, uh, American strategy in the world affairs. Mm -hmm. So, what do you think concerning? What well, uh, according to your vision, is you know, I believe the United States. Yeah, I mean, I believe that um, 
you know, the ideas coming out of the French and American revolutions are universal, that they lead to certain principles of equality and liberty, but that those principles can be interpreted very differently in very different societies. And, you know, I believe that every different society has to find its own... Created with free version for non-commercial use. ...those principles. Uh, and, you know, Americans have one particular path that they've taken, and I think that it is probably the case that Americans don't quite understand that, you know, their particular set of institutions don't always work in, uh, in other settings. Uh, even in Japan, you know, where we think we did a good job in, you know, bringing democracy, the Japanese, you know, interpret democracy really quite differently from... Absolutely. I was in Japan, and I had remarked mm -hmm. that the, the sense, the mm -hmm. inner sense of understanding mm -hmm. of uh, intellectual, political, and social values mm -hmm. of the West are completely different. Mm -hmm. For example, I have spoken with a Japanese professor, the specialist in the Kant, mm -hmm. and he had said all his life he was studying uh, Kant, mm -hmm. Kantian philosophy, and he has said Kant has made one error, mm -hmm. that nomena and phenomena mm -hmm. are the same. <laughs> uh, that's all. That's the, uh, Created with free version Buddhist for non-commercial uh, use. Then Buddhist interpretation of Kant. Uh -huh, so uh -huh. uh, he uh, was very serious um, uh, searcher, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and uh, at the same time he uh, has re uh, he has regarded mm -hmm. Kantian philosophy with Japanese eyes, mm -hmm. with, mm -hmm. from the, the uh, profound knowledge yeah. of uh, Japanese culture. That's right. So it, uh, it is. Uh, no, that's right, that's right. For, for you. Yeah, uh, so that's why I think, you know, the United States can help other countries, you know, find their own way, but I do think that ultimately they're the ones that have to, you know, make that choice, uh, and the United States can't really force force them or, or uh, you know, th there is a, a comparison that a professor at, uh, at Stanford made, which I think is right, that he said that I'm kind of the Karl Marx of the neoconservative movement in the sense that I have a broad theory of social development, you know, that explains modernization and, you know, why we... Created with free version for non-commercial use. The Bush administration were like Leninists because they wanted to use political power to push a certain, you know, model ahead, uh, you know, very quickly to deal with the post-September 11th terrorist problem. And uh, I think that, you know, Leninism was wrong in its first version, and I think it's wrong in this version because I think that you cannot use power, and particularly military power, to achieve, you know, these kinds of political goals. I think, you know, these things evolve out of societies in a, in a more organic way, so it's, it's very hard to, to push them from the outside. Um, yeah, thank you. All thank right. you, Mr. Fukuyama, okay. for such an interesting conversation. Created with free version for non-commercial use.